Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. So glad you joined me. And I really appreciate just the presence you have on social media and encouraging a lot of the things that we are putting out there for you. So thank you for all of that. And I also want to remind you that you can always email me through the website if you have a particular topic that you would like me to address. So today... We are doing friends. We are doing kind of this whole week on friendships and what friendships mean. We talk a lot about relationships on the show, but we're going to talk about that one particular type of friendship. And whether we have best friends or casual friends, acquaintances that we're feeling friendly with, but we're really talking about good friends, your best, best friend. So I want you to ask yourself, what constitutes a good friend? Do you have good friends? What do you like about what they do? And in general, actually, good friends simply are just very understanding, accepting, and they're easy to be around, and they don't cause lots of stress. And you can really grow to love them and feel loved by them. So I want you to ask yourself, what kind of friendships do you have? Are they good? Are they deep? Are they meaningful to you? One of the things that we addressed yesterday is how you befriend yourself has a lot to do with the type of friendship you bring and the type of people you will be friends with. Because we really can't have close, deep, intimate relationships and friendships with people. If we're coming to the relationship for all the wrong reasons. If we're coming with a whole bunch of baggage and we're wanting them to fix it. If we're wanting to just be loved implicitly and not have anything required of us. If we don't want people to be honest with us, we just want them to be flattering us all the time. We're probably not gonna be getting the needs met that we have as a human, that God has really created us for, and that is for relationships. So we talked a little bit yesterday about the three different types of love. And one is that that wonderful one that is eros love. And eros love is that romantic sexual love that we have with, with people. And we always hope that if we have that sexual attraction, that romantic attraction, that it's followed with phileo love, which is friendship. That's the book of Philippians. And phileo love is that deep intimacy that is not sexual. So we can be best friends with men and women. And it's wonderful to have a myriad of friends in different capacities, different lifestyles, different socioeconomic status, different education, whatever that may be. And then we have that third love, which is agape. And that is a phileo type of love for people we don't even know. Those are the people maybe we do um, 
all kinds of extra extra things for them to help them out. We do that for we do missions. That's an agape love. You help the stranger on the side of the road. You don't even know them, but you want to help them. That's an agape love. So it's loving who God loves. Now, if you have a best friend, don't you love it when they love the people you love? And one of the most loving things you can do for your best friends is to love the people they love. So I want you to think about what is it about your friendships? What are they like? What do you need more than anything? And people need different varying things when it comes to friendships. But one of the things that we do know is that friends take time. Friends take time. You can't have intimacy if you don't take time. You have to get to know people. You have to spend time with them. Because time is one of those, um, it's, it's like, it's monetary. And the problem is, we can't necessarily make more of it. So we only have a limited amount of time. And this is why time is of such a value. So when we spend time with people, what we're doing is valuing them. So I want you to think about what kind of friend you are and what kind of friend you are to yourself. So we talked about yesterday as well, this idea that if I'm not friendly with me, if I, that inner triune that we talked about the last two weeks, that me, myself, and I, if we're in a battle, I'm going to not only be distracted when I come into a relationship with you, but I'm not going to be able to give you a lot of things that you need because I spend so much time internally on myself. Even if my body is present, I'm probably thinking a lot about myself and what I need. So we left off yesterday talking about this idea of ways that God is your best friend. And this came, uh, th some of this came from a uh, website called Christian Life. I like it. It's written by a woman named Jean Armin. And I like some of the ideas that she came up with. And so I wanted to give you some of those as well as some of my own. And so these ways that God is your best friend, we talked about yesterday, he listens. God listens. And that's a big one being someone's friend, is listening. People need to talk. They need to express themselves. They need to talk about what's going on in their mind, in their heart, in their soul, in their life. I mean, I do this for a living. And, and I know that it's a value to humans because many times you talk to somebody about a problem that you're having. They listened. They cared. They accepted you. They understood you. And you walked away feeling so much better, even though nothing changed, even though the problem may still be there. You were able to lay down a burden. And they weren't burdened by you. So God listens to us. We also talked about this really important one, that he's honest. He's honest with us. And I said this <laughs> insight I had recently when I was really studying this verse. This is Titus chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, in faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised from the beginning of time. That's a powerful statement, God who does not lie. And this is one of the most amazing insights I had. I thought, you know, maybe 
Sometimes if I'm not hearing from God or hearing his voice or getting an answer, it might be because he knows I'm not ready to hear the answer yet and he won't lie to me. So I, I said yesterday, one of the kindest things you can do to your friends is say, you know, I, I, I hear what you're asking, but I'm not ready to talk about it because I'll, I, I don't want to lie. So I either don't want to lie to you about you or I am not ready to talk about something and I will lie if I try to talk about it. That's a really amazing way to still be honest and to have time. So what else? God is very encouraging. When we talked about that Jeremiah verse tw uh, chapter 29, verse 11, I love and he says, I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you, not to harm you. One of the most powerful things, the most difficult thing to get over is when someone that you trust or that you thought loved you harmed you. So it's quite an amazing statement that God says, even at your worst, even at your worst, when you're telling everyone you're a Christian and you're acting nothing like one at all, it still won't harm you. So friends, don't harm. We may hurt. That's part of being in relationship with mistake-making people is that we might hurt each other. But we don't harm people. And this is why when you think about the kind of friend you are, you have to ask yourself, do I harm myself? Do I do self-harming behaviors and those are those can be things just as simple as not not eating right harms your body watching things that are harmful to your mind reading things that are harmful to your mind and your heart even bigger things that are self-harm are, are, are any type of addiction that you may have anything that is an in extreme can be harmful So I want you to consider, <clears throat> excuse me, this idea of prospering you and not harming you. And we want to do this with our friends. I want to help my friends prosper. And I don't want to harm them either. So jealousy can be quite hurtful and sometimes even harmful. So if I really want my friends to prosper, like God really wants me to prosper, and he has plans to do it. And he's not going to harm me in the process. Then we have to be careful of our own greed, our own jealousy, our own competitive nature that we may have. As to whether or not we're actually helping our friends prosper. Or if we are prospering on them. So God is very encouraging. That's how he's your best friend. God enjoys spending time with us. And this, was, this is a big one, that he wants to be with us forever. And he loves us even when we make mistakes. And God does this. He says this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He says, God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even at our worst, he loves us no matter how grave the mistake is that we have made or continue to make, he still loves us. So ask yourself, do you feel like God is your best friend? 
And what I will tell you is if you don't think he's necessarily your best friend, it might be because you're not spending enough time with him. Because that's what God created us for. He wanted friends. He wanted family. And we get this in John uh, chapter 15, verse 13. It says, Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. What a powerful, powerful statement. There's no greater love than laying down your life for your friend. So that kind of goes back to, for most of us, we probably don't physically have to lay down our life like Jesus did, but we may have to lay down some needs or wants or expectations that we have. And that is a great love to say, you know, I have these expectations and I don't know if my friend can fill them. I don't know if they can do that. And so maybe I need to lay that down. Maybe there's a want that I have that I need to lay down. Maybe there's a need that I have that they're not going to be able to fill and I need to figure out how to make that need met myself. Now, I want you to think about this, obviously, in context, because you can't, have, you can't have a best friend that never lays down their life for you or that you're not allowed to have any needs or you're not allowed to want anything. So we do want to understand that this is in, you know, we're not talking about extremes, but what we are saying is that's the greatest love there is, is you lay down your life. So that may mean simply forgiving. One of the ways that God forgave us is that he laid down his life. He died on the cross to forgive us so that our sins are forgiven. So sometimes one of the things we need to do that is the greatest love we could ever do for friends is lay our life down in order to give forgiveness. So God wants you to be his best friend. Imagine that. So we just talked yesterday and a lot of today about how God is your best friend. So let's talk about how you can be his best friend because God wants you to be his friend. So when God created you in his image, He did this so he could have a personal relationship with you. He doesn't create people he doesn't want to be friends with. I mean, the worst of the worst people. He would like to be friends with them. He would like everyone that he created to be with him for eternity. Every single person he wishes would be with him in eternity. So you want to think about God is seeking this intimate heart-to-heart relationship with you. Now, there are some parents that have really good friends, friendships with their children, and, and they're still parents, and God is your father, but he still desires friendship with you. And the scripture is fulfilled in James chapter 2, 23. It talks about Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. I really hope that God says Cynthia is my friend. I really do hope that. I believe that because he lives in my heart and he wouldn't live in my heart if he didn't want to be friends with me. I don't know if he always feels friendly with me because I'm always not a great friend to him, but I'm so glad he calls me his friend. And I call him my friend. 
So part of being a really good friend to God helps us be better friends with other people. Because we can get a whole lot of needs met from God that there's probably no human on the planet that could meet some of these needs that we have. And it helps us to go into relationship better because our needs are then appropriate to the relationship. The same way as children have specific needs from parents. When those needs aren't met, we call that child abuse. But we want them to grow up and meet a lot of those needs themselves. So there are some needs that God really wants me to take care of because he trusts me and he loves me and he wants me to care for the person that he cares for, which is me. And he also wants me to care for the other people that he cares for. And one of the ways he does that is through friendships. So you can think about the fact that a parent that you can trust as a friend is like a refuge. It's like security. Someone you can go to without hesitation or any problem or temptation. And God desires that you let him be that kind of friend to you. He is our father, but he's our friend. And we have Psalms 91, 1 and 2. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shade of the Almighty. I will say, Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. In God I will trust. So when you think about the fact that Jesus calls us his friends, because he communicates with us. When we have John chapter 15, 12 through 17, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So no longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what the master's doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. That's huge. So he says, these things I command you, that you love one another. So here's what I want you to understand. When we talked about those three types of love, we have eros, phileo, and agape love. One of the ways that I can obey that command to love all of the people that he loves is that I recognize who I have eros love with, who I can actually have phileo, love which is best friends, and who I need to love with agape love. So there are some people that if I get too close to them, I can't love them well. So I recognize that I might not be able to be best friends with all the people that God loves, but I can love them. And that's just being responsible to what he's commanded. He commands that we love one another. So part of being an adult is recognizing what level of intimacy you can have with any given person. There are some people you can have great intimacy with. You can have deep, deep abiding friendships that last very long. I've had some friends that I have one girlfriend. I've known her since five, five years old. Great amount of my best friends I've known over 20 years. And those relationships are extremely important to me. So those are best friends. There are some people I'm friendly with, and I'm not best friends with them. And that may be for 
maybe because if I get too close to them, they're harmful. That might be part of it. But it also can just be that friends, best friends take time and I can't, I don't have all the time in the world like God does. So I have to be careful to make sure that I can manage that friendship, that I can give that friendship what it needs. The amount of time, the amount of understanding, the amount of support, the amount of humility that it takes to love someone well. The ability to overcome selfishness, which is imperative if we're going to have good friendships. So when we think about this, that our relationship with God is the most personal one we will ever have. And he says he's a jealous God. So there is a healthy version of jealousy. Jealousy in this manner means that it's possessive love. And it's a healthy possessive love. It means that you are of great value to me. And you matter to me. And I want to spend time with you. So when God says he's a jealous God, he says, why don't, why, you know, I love you. I laid my life down for you. Why aren't you spending any time with me? Right? So I can be jealous over my friends. That doesn't mean I'm jealous of them. But I can be jealous over them. I can say, hey, I miss you. I love you. I haven't talked to you for so long. We need to spend some time. We need to make each other a priority. So when I make myself a priority, I have a lot more time and energy to give to my friends. And when I give time and energy to my friends, I'm always filled up. And it's one of the ways that I honor God because he loves them. He loves my friends. So one of the ways that he loves them is through me, through my friendship with them. So I want you to think about how important you are to God. Whether you feel it or believe it, he is not a God who lies. So when he says that he loves you, that he laid his life down for you, and he wants to spend eternity with you, I mean, who wants to be with you forever, right? It's an amazing statement. And he's jealous over you. He's jealous over what happens to you, who you spend time with. Are your friendships healthy? So we're going to talk tomorrow about how to determine the level of health in your friendships and what constitutes a dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship, whether or not it can be fixed, how you might go about doing that, what part you have to own, and recognizing what, what I'm, I've got my side of the street and my friend has their side of the street. Are we crossing the street into other people's lives in an inappropriate manner? Am I managing my side of the street or am I wanting them to do my job? So what constitutes a dysfunctional relationship when it comes to friends? We've talked a lot about dysfunctional romantic relationships, but we're going to talk about what, what really constitutes a dysfunctional friendship and what do I need to do about it? What can I do about it? What should I do? I'm so glad you joined me today. I want you to have a great day. And thank you for being my friend. I really do appreciate that. And I want you to have a blessed rest of the week if I don't get to talk to you more this week. God bless you. Thanks, Jeremy.
To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.